Hello everyone, I'm Ben Sullivan and you're listening to Focal Point, the IMV Imaging Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Sam. Hello, everyone. And Laura. Hello, everyone. And this week, we are very lucky to be joined by a special guest, none other than our colleague, Hannah Yates from our account manager team. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Hi, thanks for having me. Just to give uh, all of our listeners an idea of, of uh, Hannah, who Hannah is, she is a vet who graduated from the RBC, the Royal Veterinary College in London in 2009, and then went straight into clinical practice in both equine and small animal settings. Uh, and that was in the UK and also overseas. Since graduation, she's completed her CERT AVP and also converted that to an MSc in Veterinary Professional Studies following her dissertation, which concentrated on where clinical and non-clinical skills overlap in practice. When she's not at work, Hannah is perhaps the world's busiest human being. Uh, she never sits still and can either be found wielding some kind of uh, DIY tool whilst renovating her house or out running up and down Peak District Hills or in her slightly calmer moments in the kitchen baking amazing cakes. She's also had uh, the uh, opportunity to serve on both the Beaver and BSAVA councils. So this week we have got Hannah onto the show. I should say this month we have got Hannah onto the show because the, our episode of the podcast this week is going to discuss how to go about buying imaging equipment. Now this might seem like a slightly odd topic, but over the last five to ten years we have seen a very, really very significant improvement in the quality of imaging equipment that we have available to us as clinicians, as veterinary practitioners. And that's been coupled, for the most part, with actual, actually a fall in relative costs, so a drop in, in the cost of the equipment. And that's largely been due to improvement in manufacturing processes that has enabled these, these costs to come down. This is great news, clearly, from a clinical diagnostic point of view, but it does mean or can mean that purchasing equipment can, can begin to look like quite a daunting or confusing task. There's a huge range of products available <clears throat> to suit a great number of different budgets. So what, what is it that you actually need to buy to meet your clinical needs? What sort of budget will you need to get what you're, you're after? And are you likely to actually get a return on investment? These are all questions that we're going to try to answer today and, and more. And in that vein, perhaps, Laura, you'd like to start us off. Absolutely. Well, starting at the beginning of the path to purchasing a new ultrasound scanner, what would you say are the first steps, Hannah? So um, I'd say, obviously, what we're going to have a chat about today, um, it does, there are specifics um, relating to um, individual practices. So we'll go kind of just through a kind of a general kind of um, kind of journey that normally happens with people looking to invest in their imaging department. So first of all, I would generally say just have a little think about where you are now in regards to imaging and, you know, maybe for a new ultrasound machine and where you want to go over the next kind of five or so years. So things to consider about the where are you now part 
um, you know, what species are you co- are you covering? Um, if you're a small animal practice, do you have a larger demographic of um, large breed dogs, or uh, do you have a more of kind of the cats and small dogs, or any exotics? Um, you know, what kind of clinical situations do you have? Are you wanting this piece of equipment to help you do basic for, for, um, day one kind of skills um, or like first opinion practice and the good old kind of GP machine? Or do you have like a specialist interest that you want to kind of um, do? Um, or, you know, is it going to be more of triage for like fast scanning, et cetera, et cetera? Um, obviously, the, the requirements um, for, say, an equine repro vet will be very different to what a small animal cardiology specialist will need. So just think, spend a little bit of time thinking realistically about where you're at um, and where you want to go is, is, is normally a great kind of um, point, first kind of point of call. Also thinking about what kind of skills you have in that in your practice as well. Um, you know, are there particular individuals that are uh, going to be uh, thinking about doing further education in imaging um, or, you know, th- th- those, those are kind of the key kind of initial kind of questions to kind of ask yourself. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. I think that sounds um, a really sensible place to start, especially trying to look forward when it comes to your purchasing decisions. It's quite easy sometimes to look at kind of what you're doing now, but we've always got to think about these equipment as something that's going to last us into the future and also think about those capabilities that it'll have for kind of um, sort of nurturing our skills and and growing with us as we go forwards as well. Um, So I think once people have got their requirements, so they've decided they have an idea of what what they want, what they're going to use for the next few years, what do you think they're going to need to think about next? Well, I think um, absolutely kind of taking on what you just said about, you know, where are you wanting to nurture nurture over the next kind of, I generally use conservative, conservatively about kind of five year, what's your five year plan? Um, if you look after your equipment, you know, it, it can functionally last a lot longer than that. Um, however, you know, technology is, as we all are very aware in particularly in the jobs and roles that we do, is a very fast moving kind of um, kind of industry. So, as I say, conservatively, I, I say, look, look, see what you and the team want to do over the next kind of five years. Um, and there's a few things to consider when you're when you're thinking about kind of what budget you want to allocate to it. Obviously, there's the actual uh, the physical kind of console and hardware itself. But, you know, having a little think about what do you need any additional kind of software features, things like that. Um, and also having in that budget, you know, a mind that you're once going to want to um, you're investing a lot heavily in, uh, um, in imaging um, equipment. So, you know, having some of that budget towards keeping it going um, and the servicing side of things. And also things like, you know, are you going to need some budget to invest in the actual clinical training of it as well uh, to make sure you really are getting the most of it? Some like packages as well, some piece of equipment, you can you can set yourself up for future proofing. You know, there are additional kind of things you can add on uh, at a later date once your skills kind of, um, you know, progress. So these are all kind of like the next steps to having a little think about. And to be fair, you don't have to have all the answers, you know, particularly um, I know before I started at IMV, like I was uh, very naive to like what equipment was out there, um, what to do. Um, and I would definitely say, um, you know, it's then worth um, as, as we get kind of further down the steps, having a chat to somebody, um, uh, you know, uh, at a kind of company to, to kind of walk you through these kind of different options, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of thing I'd say would be the next step to start thinking about. Yeah, th- thanks, Hannah. That, that, that is all um, 
that all sounds quite wise. And I, and I think one message that's coming through here already is probably um, a recognition that the situation at the time you buy the equipment in terms of the technology that's available, what you're doing with the equipment, the level of your staff expertise and so on is not necessarily going to be the same as it will be at the end of the lifespan of that equipment. And obviously you, you alluded to the kind of rough, rough rule of thumb there of maybe a five-year cycle or a five-year plan. So just uh, having, having the, having the thought process of where you're at now, but also extending that thought process to include or, or, educated guests you know plan towards what will you be doing five years hence um is key but so we, we we sort of i suppose in terms of steps we've got this kind of define um if you like the requirements we're going to have for the scanner in in the context of what what are you doing with it what are the species you're treating what what are the areas clinical areas of interest um and then also thinking uh, about a budget um you know where do, where do you then go from there once you've got this if you like shopping list once you've kind of got that shopping list, I'd definitely say have a chat to, um, you know, make a list of potential suppliers you want to kind of work with and, and go and have a chat. There'll be people there who do, who like kind of look after equipment and things like that day to day. Um, and it can be get very easy when you're, for, um, when you're looking at specs on a computer. Um, there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors and it's working out which you know, these kind of cool little functions are going to be really applicable to you. Um, as I say, as we've kind of already alluded to, uh, technology has got come on so far now and, and there, there's lots of really cool things um, different ultrasound and x-ray machines can do. Uh, but some of the really cool things won't necessarily be applicable to you. So um, at that point, it, it's a chance to, you know, have a chat with somebody and see what they recommend. Um, you can ask them questions too. You might, you know... Um, and they should be more than happy to like just sit down, talk to you, talk to about how, um, learn about your practice, um, and learn about your imaging department, and see you know what narrow down the options to the most the the couple of most kind of suitable systems for yourself. Well, a new scanner is quite a significant investment for a practice, and as we've discussed, will to a certain degree. Uh, have some sort of influence on clinical capabilities uh, for the foreseeable future, or at least the next few years. And so I presume at this stage, you'd really want to get on your hands on the system or the systems before committing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a massive investment. Um, so getting uh, getting your hands on a system, um, you're considering buying or, you know, speaking to um, colleagues, uh, maybe other practices that have the same machine. Again, if you're going on courses, um, often you can kind of try out different things. So, yeah, on on paper, you know, you can uh, kind of compare things to a certain degree, but it's always great, um, you know, to be able to kind of see how it how it kind of functionally kind of works. Um, there's a lot of kind of technical specifications. Um, and also it's just remember in those technical specifications, language does differ between different manufacturers out there. Um, so that's just something to kind of be aware of when, when you're kind of looking at different systems. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very important kind of, um, it, it's a big decision um, for a practice. So it's important to know that you're very comfortable in what you're kind of uh, going into as such. So that, that all sounds fantastic, Hannah, and I think I think that's um, a useful point about trying to uh, perhaps just get some info on the scanner beyond you know just the technical spec off the website. Um, uh, suppliers will often put um, 
you know instructional videos on websites uh you can you can obviously look to speak to colleagues who have used the system as well uh plus or minus um you may be able to um you may be able to get your hands on a system for a demo uh in some situations as well so it's really just trying to get a little bit of, of info and ask around about a system so that you can you can get um uh, an idea of what it what it's capable of so Hannah, I guess the next part of the journey, once you've um, once you've decided on the system, you know that you're after. Uh, what happens next? Well, then you kind of make sure and say that the package is is right for you and you and your team. So yeah, you've got the kind of all the all the software, the console, the probes that you need, as well as making sure you have um, applications training. So applications training uh, would include, you know, how to use the machine. Uh, it's all very well having that lovely, here's a diagnostic image. Uh, but if you don't know how to use the machine to get that diagnostic image and optimize it, um, you know, that, that, that is a very key important step. So making sure the package includes training like that. Um, as I say, some suppliers will also have kind of clinical training courses and you can get that involved in the same kind of uh, deal as such. And once everything's kind of all tickety-boo and you're happy and you're, you're kind of um, uh, happy with the kind of package um, uh, provided, uh, then you look to kind of uh, pop an order together uh, and um, then you kind of say, say look forward to it arriving and cracking on with your new, new toy, really. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, I suppose when we've been talking about the points we've made so far, we've 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 slightly, understandably, leant towards ultrasound. But um, it's also good to think about X-ray equipment because obviously that throws up some different kind of facets to the purchasing decisions. With with the fact that there are some health and safety parts with the the radiation. Um, so I mean, are we talking about a similar process for buying X-ray equipment? Is is it different to ultrasound? Well, broadly speaking, it is very similar, that whole kind of idea of thinking about where you are now and where you're going to go, um, you know, still holds true for, for x-ray systems. It's definitely an area that is rapidly kind of progressing at the moment. Um, and I think also kind of touching what you just said about the safety side of things. If you're looking to do any changes to your x-ray room, um, please be aware that to make your RPA aware um, of just like your plans, uh, because they can advise if any kind of additional kind of safety considerations need to be taken into account. Um, obviously, um, I don't want to go beyond the remit of kind of um, what we kind of do, but the RPA is a great place just to let them know if you are kind of changing anything to do with your x-ray. Um, and as uh, our previous kind of radiographer, Kat, used to laugh about, um, quality of image when it comes to x-ray is very much like um, a good gin and tonic. Um, it is very important that you have the right generator um, combined with your kind of processor. Um, and as I say, there's been a lot of developments in the processor side of things in recent years. Um, it's definitely, um, you know, fast progressing. Uh, once upon a time, it was wet film and then you had film processing. Uh, and then that is obviously developed into like digital processing. And you have in digital, you have CR, um, which is computed radiography, where you still have the plates, but you don't have to go to a dark room or anything like this. And you put it into a processor. Um, and now we also have DR um, technology coming through. Um, and when you're looking at this, um, this particular aspect, you want to see um, what is important for your, your, your kind of team and um, what will best suit. Um, DR, just due to the portable nature of it, has um, obviously rapidly taken off in the equine world, but it's definitely coming through much more in the smallie world as well. Um, so as I say, it, it, with the DR, it's definitely, um, it, it is... Uh, 
a lot swifter you get your images uh, within a kind of a few seconds and things like that so that really does suit a really kind of a high uh, a, a, a practice that is doing lots of x-raying um and a lot of these systems now they will um they are used in kind of a bucky table so like in one of those floating top tables you can use them on on kind of a standard tabletop as well uh, but just you know looking after that that plate with all that kind of very clever technology in it ideally it's in a floating top table um, and some of them are what we call tethered so they will have a wire to them to make sure that it stays uh, the power like the the, the uh, it stays powered up uh, but often the images can be transmitted either by a cable um, to a, a relevant kind of pc or it can actually um, be sent over wirelessly um, it's all very very clever nowadays as well um, with the dr systems as well people often have questions about generators uh, and a lot of them now have a certain type of technology called AED, which means they can actually be paired with a range of generators. As we kind of said earlier, like we're talking very, you know, in generalist terms, and I'd always say um, it's worth speaking to um, somebody um, regarding your particular situation about what will work and things like that. Um, DR historically, I think, has uh, one of the downsides has obviously been the cost. Um, as with any new technology, the more it's uh, taken up, you know, that cost um, component does come down. Uh, and obviously it does need to be, it is a, a big consideration. Um, when you are, when we're looking at kind of costing out equipment over a kind of a time period, as we said earlier, like things like taking into account the servicing, you know, what kind of replacement parts are needed. Um, and so by the time you take um, into that, those kind of things into consideration, that cost difference um, is is much smaller than it used to be in years gone by um, uh, so yeah uh, as I say um, it's definitely worth worth the conversation now there's lots of kind of options out there uh, when it comes to x-ray yeah I mean we, we've definitely seen that x-ray technology evolve and improve a lot as well and, and like you said there's so many facets to it from the the generator um, to the sort of uh, processing system and also with how you're going to store store your images as well within the practice so there's a lot to kind of think about as well I suppose once you somebody you, you've decided on the kind of type of system you're using a CR system or DR system effectively you've chosen your your gin and your mixer in the um, drink analogy I, I'd say probably after that going forward it's going to be pretty similar to, to the sort of to what we talked about for ultrasound isn't it yes absolutely um so actually it's very very similar to um you know again making sure you've got um you know the right kind of service agreements in place and the right kind of training to, to get your team up and running and I'm really confident in it as well uh, you know, it, these these are wonderful bits of technology, but if the team aren't confident in how to use it, it often kind of gets shied away from, which is such a shame, um, as I say. So making sure you've got kind of all of those elements listed as well. Um, I think you also kind of touched on there, the, um, Sam, um, PACS, um, which is, a, I think, a whole plethora of podcasts in themselves. Um, but like looking after those images, ultrasound machines, x-rays, CT, MRI, all of these machines are acquisition machines they take the images but they are not storage machines so that is another aspect of your imaging uh, kind of room that is really important to take into consideration um, images are part of your patient's history um, ultrasound is often second class citizen but it's still very much the same as you know any of those uh, modalities um, if, if it's an image and it's relating to a patient and a patient's care we need to be looking after those safely and securely um, and that's kind of where kind of pack systems come in 
Um, as I say, that that whole kind of conversation, all the things about all things PACs, probably goes beyond the remit of today. Uh, but again, it, it's this, exactly the same approach, um, looking at what your practice needs in regards to image storage now, but definitely um, looking at what that kind of requirements are over the next kind of five or so years. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely kind of a, another area that you know to kind of have a think about. Um, but yeah, as with um, as with the ultrasound, when you're looking at the X-ray, once you know the system that you kind of want, it's making sure that you've got um, you've got all the kind of all the information you need, um, including kind of the budgetary kind of side of things, and uh, get a list of uh, potential kind of product recommendations, and then kind of doing having a demo of a system you can sometimes do these kind of remotely as well uh, and as i say it can be just as valuable sometimes just having the knowledge that another practice uh, similar to your own is you know having work a review from them uh, see see how they've kind of found a certain system yeah that's an interesting point actually there hannah is um, um th th that sort of info from others because of course you know a demo is one thing it's great you get your hands on the kit and and is is definitely a valid choice but of course the other the other side is that you know if you get a recommendation from a fellow practice um they will have been using it for significantly longer in most cases than than you'd ever get to use a piece of equipment on a demo and inevitably with these things you you know you pick up stuff um either either you know positive things about a system things that you like or or conversely um maybe foibles of a system that that are a bit irritating uh by talking to somebody who you know who, who's been using it for a longer period of time so 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 that's ideal just um the the pack thing as well we we perhaps end up like uh sounding like we're banging a, a drum really and we'll have to do a whole podcast at some point uh on packs but it, i suppose to reiterate your point it's uh, image archiving and, and and kind of um uh security you know recording these these imaging studies is is increasingly kind of coming to the fore uh we we really can't be uh, as clinicians affording not um not to do that so so worth bearing in mind just to move away briefly from the equipment itself um and i think it was you hannah alluded to this slightly earlier on but um what about sort of equipment installation setup training is that something that's worth considering at, at the point of purchase yeah i think i'll weigh on weigh in on this one if i can so absolutely i mean if we think back to that initial step where we're deciding about our kind of the, the kind of systems we have and our current need and our future use it is also thinking about kind of are we using equipment to its full potential and how do we want to use the equipment going forward? And as much as the actual kind of um, the, the hardware and the software of the systems um, is, is important in those, it's, it's really important to think about the setup and training. Um, I mean, we've all probably been in the situation in a practice where new equipment has been introduced and it maybe hasn't been introduced in the right way or, or people haven't had the training for it. And that sort of lack of confidence um, or lack of interest in, in these things can be can be quite detrimental and can really, when you've put a whole budget based on kind of your return of investment as to how often these are going to be used, um, having everybody then decide that they aren't going to use it because they're not confident and how to use it or how to to work the machine itself um, is is going to obviously have a pretty big uh, detrimental factor to that as well. So I mean, it's another of those things that um, the training is integral and having a good sort of setup, a good installation is integral to this process as well. And 
as Hannah's already said, it's good to talk with the suppliers about looking at what can be done in terms of training, in terms of support, and having everybody right at the start understand the system, understand how they, how it works and how the different um, facets of the technology can be applied in a clinical setting is so important because once people are comfortable and they become confident, and, and whether that's through an install training or through a training course or through other educational material, but once they have that kind of confidence and that base level of knowledge, it's really this sort of um, brilliant foundation that people can build on and it can really mean that people are going to get the most out of the equipment they're going to use it more they're going to see more areas where it can be applied so for me it's such a, a huge part of this whole process is, is getting everybody comfortable and happy with it and it can really make or break how that bit of equipment is going to be used and and what the return of investment is going to be is is how the training and setup is handled I mean, I couldn't echo what you're saying kind of more, Sam. Um, I think it's so important. And it's it's not just the vets in the practice or the nurses. Like that, How to like use these pieces of equipment, like knowing how to, it sounds simple, but like just turning it on, being able to put a patient in, like, and the few kind of basic kind of functions of that machine is, a, is knowledge and skill that can be learned by the, anybody in that practice working uh, and the more people that know the more confidence there is you know if somebody's off sick or uh, you know you've got a locum in or something like that that those that knowledge is, can easily then be transferred and you're giving that continuity of service to your patients still um, so I'm, I'm, I'm such I'm such an advocate of it and I think it is it goes back to when I was in practice I didn't have that confidence and as I say when the joys of working with IMV that I've I've learned so much more about imaging um I mean you'd kind of hope so wouldn't you after working here for about seven years um but you know it's it there's such simple things and to work with a supplier that will take the time to to show you um I think really is invaluable on these kind of investments I yeah I I am um, I obviously have a um I'm, I suppose maybe a biased view or an extra grind here but um I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, I think if if everybody in the practice is, or if you're in a position where not everybody in the practice can at least do the basics of starting the machine up, you know, um, uh, entering the, the sort of demographic data, storing images, getting images off uh, the other end, backing data up and so on, um, then, then you're going to struggle. And in terms of the clinicians who will be using the equipment in a kind of diagnostic context, then again, just having some basic training in, in how to get the most out of it. Not not necessarily talking here so much about um, actually interpreting images. That's obviously a sort of set, separate section. But the applications training of being able to um, make the machine effectively work the machine drive the ultrasound machine drive the x-ray machine get diagnostic quality images in both that's that's half the battle and uh you can be the most expert diagnostician out there um, but if you can't make the images diagnostic quality in the first place then you know your your investment in in, in many potentially many thousands of pounds worth of equipment is uh, is only really 50 percent as useful as as it could be or or less arguably just um, in that vein, I suppose, or or at least a parallel to that, um, what about servicing? Presumably, it, it sort of pays to consider um, servicing contracts or, or servicing provision uh, along with the training at the same time as, as purchase. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, a, a kind of a, a 
key kind of consideration um, that, you know, is understandably sometimes overlooked when there's so many other kind of questions going on about which bit, which bit of equipment is most suitable. But yes, um, any kind of uh, piece of imaging equipment um, is pretty useless if it, if it isn't working. So there's um, ensuring kind of servicing um, um, a supplier can make sure that equipment is running smoothly um, going forward is is invaluable. Um, I know we've had a, um, a kind of a podcast on this, so I don't want to go over old ground. But as with anything like preventative healthcare, um, you know, can um, help avoid bigger problems down the line. And the, exactly the same ethos can be um, applied to equipment, uh, regular kind of looking care and looking after it. Um, simple things like you know just taking the dust out of the fans it will then stop it overheating and things like this um, so it can minimize the chance of downtime uh, and the worst like it's just terrible when you get that call on Friday evening of a bank holiday and a piece of equipment's gone down um, particularly when it is you know could have been preventable so um, when the worst does happen you want to be, make sure that you've got uh, you're working with somebody who can provide you with a loan um, whilst you know whilst they get you back up and running as such um so as i say i think it was it was with sean wasn't it uh, on episode two um so if you kind of anything further about kind of servicing considerations i would definitely go and have a listen back um uh, so yes definitely worth it yeah that's great that's grand and and as you quite rightly said i think episode two so people can go have a listen but very much the message coming out of that is exactly as you've just said hannah it's prevention is better than cure but it, you know um accepting that we won't be able to prevent every issue uh, having having some kind of backup uh, be it loan equipment or whatever um to ensure the absolute minimum of downtime for for your patients is going to be um invaluable it may or may not seem relevant at the time you're you're buying I, t- t- people who've experienced the um unpleasant scenario of not having imaging equipment available uh, all of a sudden uh, at the time when it's needed most tend to be a bit more cautious but those for whom it hasn't happened yet uh maybe it tend to not you know worry less about the the that kind of a thing um but it is worth considering that um uh, because it's definitely something uh, you know a situation you don't want to be in hannah sorry it sounded like you were gonna oh yeah no i was just gonna say it's always best to plan for the worst and hope for the best um, and with these things, just because you're thinking about potentially if it breaks doesn't mean a it's going to break or it's going to break anytime soon. But it's so much more in those very stressful moments um, when you don't have it. If you've already got a plan in place, it makes the whole thing so much less stressful. Um, so, yeah, I definitely say make sure um, you're kind of happy and comfortable with what kind of servicing uh, and loans can come with any kind of equipment purchase that you do. So uh, I think in summary, then, um, the message really broadly speaking across um, across all modalities is when when buying equipment, first of all, if you like to find the problem, think about what it is you're going to be using the equipment for. And remember that that's not just now, but what will you be using the equipment for five years or six years or seven years hence? And therefore come up with a reasonably neat list of specifications for what you want the system to be able to do. Then contact a supplier or suppliers, speak to them, get some information from them, from their website and so on, to narrow down a list of potential options. Then where appropriate, either um, try to test that equipment or speak to people who have used the equipment, get a little bit more information, either, again, be it from the suppliers or from uh, colleagues in other practices. 
and also remember to pair that up then with a, 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 an idea of at least some kind of budgetary range, if not a, a precise budget, so that, again, you're narrowing down your final choice to a single particular piece of equipment, which you can then uh, get, up, get, ahead, get on and purchase. And also remember to factor in perhaps those slightly kind of tangential aspects of training in how to use the equipment and, and then including any sort of uh, setup and, and initial installation that goes with that um, and ongoing training as required. And then also remember to consider uh, the other, if you like, preventative healthcare aspect of regular servicing coupled with potentially the provision of loan equipment or some other alternative um, in the event of a breakdown or a failure such that you minimize your time uh, without equipment because that can be quite an unpleasant experience in certain situations. On that note, I think that's a probably a good point for us to wrap up. So thank you, everyone. Uh, in particular, Hannah, thank you very much for joining us uh, as the guest on this month's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, a slight apology from Laura. Some of you uh, eagle-eared listeners may have noticed that uh, Laura uh, seemed to become absent from the second part of the uh, show. Uh, unfortunately, Laura had to dash out. For for the record, she's fine, uh, but she had to disappear urgently in the middle of that um, recording. So uh, that's that's why she's not here with us now. Um, don't forget to check out our previous episodes, uh, in particular uh, the uh, servicing podcast we did is episode two as relevant to what we've discussed today but we've also got other uh, other previous episodes that cover various aspects and um don't forget to send us in any requests you may have if you uh, if you have anything you'd particularly like us to discuss or any questions you'd like us to answer then please feel free to get in touch probably the best way to do that is via email and our email address is clinical at imv so that's indigo mike victor hyphen imaging Dot com, or of course we are around on Facebook, Instagram, and our website. Um, if your chosen podcast app will allow you to, we'd be super grateful for feedback and/or reviews. That would really help us. So again, not all platforms uh, will allow reviews and and um, and feedback, but if yours does, please don't hesitate to uh, get stuck in. We'd be we'd be super grateful. We do also have lots of other educational materials available on our website, www.imv-imaging.com. So again, please feel free to have a look at that. There only remains left then to say thank you very much for joining us this month. We look forward to welcoming you back for July's episode. In the meantime, it's goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>